Um, so, first question, a question you always need to ask whenever we come um, to a Bible passage, uh, particularly where Jesus is speaking, is just to remind ourselves of, uh, well, who is he speaking to and what's, what's the context? And uh, as we get to the end of chapter 16, this is a, a kind of a dialogue, a conversation that began way back at the beginning of chapter 15. And the beginning of chapter 15 just reminds us of who Jesus has in mind as he's speaking. And the beginning of chapter 15 um, begins with this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with him. So the Pharisees' constant criticism of Jesus is that he hangs out with all the wrong kinds of people. He's hanging out with people who don't keep the law. He's hanging out with sinners, with tax collectors, with lawbreakers, and they've tarred Jesus with the same brush. Uh, They say that Jesus is a lawbreaker. He's hanging out with the wrong people. He can't possibly be the Messiah. So everything that we've been studying over the last few months in chapters 15 and 16 is basically Jesus' response to this accusation of the Pharisees. It's his rebuttal of who they are and of their attitude and of their criticism of him. So so he responds to this criticism that is hanging out with the wrong kinds of people with the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the father and his two sons, the parable of the shrewd manager. It's all aimed at uh, kind of rebuking the Pharisees for their judgmentalism and for uh, for what they're doing. A couple of weeks ago we were looking at that um, teaching about the law and the prophets being proclaimed until John and now the good news of the kingdom is here. So as we get to chapter, to verse 19 and we finish off this chapter, this is the, it's the same thing that's going on. Jesus is still addressing the Pharisees. Uh, he's still kind of rebutting their accusation that he's hanging out with the wrong kind of people. And he's very much pointing the finger at them and saying, look, you're judging me as the lawbreaker, but uh, guys, you need to look in the mirror. Uh, you need to look at what you are doing. And that's what this uh, parable is all about. That's the context of it. Uh, and so Jesus begins. He says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Well, this is the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Uh, the purple and fine linen, that's the dress of the high priest. Uh, so Jesus, as usual, is being very unsubtle. He has the Pharisees and the teachers of the law uh, in the crosshairs. This is a story about you guys. Uh, You know, it's literally no wonder that they ended up crucifying Jesus. Because he just, you know, he he gives them both barrels. If, uh, you know, if Jesus was posting this stuff on Facebook, the Pharisees would take it down. Uh, It's just unacceptable. He's so unsubtle. A rich man who was dressed in purple and fine and lived in luxury every day. Well, if you're living in luxury every day... One of the laws, the commandments that you're not keeping is the Sabbath commandment. You're not keeping your Sabbath. You're not having a day of rest. If you're feasting every day, Pharisees, teachers of the law, ruling class, you're not. So again, remember a couple of weeks ago, the verse 18, Jesus is, is pointing out to them that they're abusing one of the commandments in the way that they so liberally administer the, the divorce law. And just by implication, Jesus does the same thing. He says, you're living in luxury Every day. You're telling other people to keep the commandments, so you're not keeping them yourselves. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. Uh, beggar, in kind of in our culture, it's a bit kind of pejorative. 
this word in the Greek is used 32 times. The vast majority of times it's translated uh, poor man. So he's a poor man. That's uh, probably a better term than a, than a beggar. He's a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. This is so pointed. Where have we heard that little phrase before? Not so long ago. Who else have we come across who was longing to eat something? Possibly. Very, very, in the previous, in the previous chapter. Yes, yes. Who was longing to eat something? The prodigal son. The younger son, just back in verse, in chapter 15, Remember the prodigal son, he abandons his father, he runs off and, what, and ends up feeding pigs. Verse 16 of chapter 2, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. He has this longing to be fed. And in that parable, what is the father doing? In that parable, when the younger son has run off and is feeding pigs, what's the father doing? Waiting. He's waiting. He's looking for him. That's uh, that's the attitude of God. That's God's heart. Is even when we've run away and are in the pigsty, God is waiting and longing. Well, in this little parable, uh, what's the rich man doing? The poor man, Lazarus, is lying by his gate. And every day the rich man is walking in and out, walking past him, not even noticing that he's there. Completely ignoring. Remember, Jesus is deliberately telling this parable against the Pharisees. And they know. This is why Jesus ends up on a cross. Uh, because they, that's their attitude. They are, they have enriched themselves. They are the, the shepherds of God's people who are abusing their position. They are untrustworthy, unres- irresponsible. The wild dogs give more care and attention to the poor man than the rich man does. The wild dogs care more about this poor man than the rich man does. This is very, very challenging for the Pharisees and it's very, very challenging for for us who are enriched in our culture and in our society and who've been blessed with so much. Um, in the previous um, uh, 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 previous parable, the parable of the shrewd manager, uh, Jesus says very pointedly in verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can all, uh, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Uh, you know, Jesus is pointing this at the Pharisees. He's saying, look, you've enriched yourselves. And you are untrustworthy with what God has given to you. Are we trustworthy with what God has given to us? The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The poor man died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. What a beautiful, comforting picture of the moment of our death when we have our trust in God and our trust in Jesus Christ. I was, as I read this, I was just reminded of the testimony of um, Nadine Edmund Laparouse. Do you remember the guy, his daughter Natasha uh, died um, five years ago flying to Nice. She had a, a, a bun with a sesame seed in it. She had a severe allergic reaction uh, and she died on the plane. And, uh, and Nadine, who came to faith afterwards, um, in his testimony, he said, 
as they were desperately trying to save her life, as the plane was desperately trying to land to get help, uh, to his amazement, he suddenly saw five angels flying all over Natasha's body, flying up and down. And he knew, he just knew instinctively that they were there to take her soul to heaven. He just, he knew it in that moment. They were there to take her soul to heaven. And he tried to brush them away with his arm. And as he did so, they vanished and she died. But they were there to take her soul to heaven. And God gave him the vision to see it, which was, and and he came to faith afterwards. It's a beautiful, beautiful testimony. But that's the reality. When we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the angels are waiting to carry us to our Father, what a you know what a what a lovely image to have as you know as, as when that day comes to know that's what's waiting for. So the the beggar dies. Remember, this is being told against the Pharisees. What are the Pharisees? What's the Pharisees' criticism of Jesus? Well, it's that he he hangs out with sinners and tax collectors, people that the Pharisees don't think God is interested in. They're not keeping the law. They're not obeying the rules. God would not be interested in such people. And yet in the story, it's the poor man who's been carried to Abraham's side by the angels. And it's the rich man who dies and finds himself in hell, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. The rich man is not where he expected to be. And the challenge that Jesus is presenting to the Pharisees is, uh, you have put supreme confidence in who you think you are. And you've put supreme confidence in the fact that because you are wealthy, you are taking that as a sign of God's blessing. Well, you might be surprised. You might be surprised that you've put your confidence in things that are not actually going to save you. Um, similar kind of stories like this were, were told in the ancient world. The, the Jesus's um, disciples would have been probably familiar with other stories that are told like this. The difference with the way Jesus tells the story is that in the other stories, uh, people are allowed to flip position. People can cross from one side to the other. When Jesus tells the story, there's no, there is no possibility of that. So the rich man is is begging Father Abraham, give me some relief. I'm in agony in this fire. Now we need to kind of um, perhaps get out of our heads um, uh, uh, kind of medieval pictures of people burning in the flames of of hell, which are all a bit graphic and disturbing. But the reality is there is there is an agony. There is an agony for those who don't choose Christ. Uh, I read this week um, that hell is nothing more than truth realised too late. Hell is nothing more than truth realised too late. The rich man realises too late um, his mistake. Too late he realises that he's not responded in the way that he should have done to the blessing that God has shown him. And he wants relief. He is in agony. There is an agony for those who don't choose Christ. We'll think a bit more about that in a moment. But that's the reality. The the story doesn't play out as the Pharisees expected it to. That's what challenges them. 
They thought they were so, they were so well off, they were so rich, and the tax collectors and the sinners were going to be excluded. And the whole point of Jesus' ministry is that it's the tax collectors and the sinners that he opens his arms wide to. It's not that he doesn't open his arms wide to the Pharisees, it's just that they, they aren't willing to come. They're not willing to see who he is. Verse 25, Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. There is There is a separation. There is an eternal separation. And which side of that separation we we end up on, whether we spend eternity in the loving embrace of God or eternity without, that decision is made in this life. This life is not a dress rehearsal. We don't get another chance. We don't get uh, another go. The decision is made. So I'm remembering your lifetime, you received your good things and you squandered them. That's the point of the the parable of the shrewd manager that Jesus has just told. What are you doing with the things of this world that God has given to you? Are you being trustworthy with worldly wealth or are you abusing it? The Pharisees and the religious leaders abused the wealth that they had been given. The poor man, he's the one who in this life has enjoyed nothing. But for eternity, will enjoy the embrace of his loving father. Truth realized too late. Between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed. So that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. These are Jesus' words. This is Jesus' truth. This is the word of God. I love um, I love preaching the word of God because because uh, this isn't my opinion. This isn't what I think. This is what the son of God says to us. A great chasm has been fixed between heaven and hell. And in this life, you must make your choice where, where you want to be. Let me just remind us of a few things that uh, the truth of scripture reminds us of from Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. The writer says, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. There's no, you know, there is, there's no reincarnation. You don't get to come back and have another go. We get one life, the Bible says. And at the end of that life, uh, there is a judgment. Uh, John, uh, John's gospel, John chapter 3 Verse 16, we read this, Jesus' words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Those are the two options open to us as human beings. Uh, We can either perish and spend eternity without God or we can have eternal life and spend eternity with him. There are no other options. Uh, Every one of us in this room will either perish or have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already 
because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. To perish or to have eternal life. God sent his son Jesus into the world in order that we might not perish but have eternal life. How do we, how do we choose that eternal life? Jesus again in John's Gospel chapter 14 speaking to his disciples trying to prepare them for the fact that he was going to the, go to the cross and to die. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To perish or to choose eternal life. That's the, the, the eternal options open to us. And the wonderful thing is we can choose eternal life by choosing Jesus. There is a chasm fixed between heaven and hell. Heaven the place where we live in eternal relationship with a God who loves us. Hell, where we live with the realisation that we didn't choose that relationship and must spend eternity in that agony. That's the reality of what Jesus says. What's God's heart in this? I remember, I was just thinking as I was um, preparing this, some years ago I... um, I prayed quite consistently for a time, uh, Lord, would you show me your heart for those who don't know you? Would you show me your heart for the lost? Is it that God doesn't, you know, doesn't care? Uh, is it that God has a, you know, a callous heart towards who th- those who don't know me? I, I prayed that for a season. Lord, show me your heart. Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about those who don't love you? And um, I prayed it quite consistently for a while and I kind of forgot about it. And then um, I think I may have told some of you this before. A few um, years ago, about five or six years ago, um, not long after Sarah had left. Um, and uh, it was I had a, a, a time when uh, someone gifted me a, a membership at Whitwoods, the country club. And I would go down to Whitwoods and uh, sit in the sauna and pray. And, um, and I remember one Saturday morning... Uh, just um, going and sitting in the sauna and uh, looking out over the lovely garden and um, and just being in you know in uh, just in agony. Tor- you know, my soul was in torment. My soul was in torment because when you have you know when you've loved someone so much and then that you know that that changes and that love is not requited. That it, you know, your soul is in torment. Anyway, I sat in the sauna. Uh, in torment of soul, and I just heard this little whisper from the Lord, and he just said, he reminded me of that prayer that I prayed, and he just said, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. And in that moment, I just had an, an insight into the agony of God's heart for those who won't come to him, and for those who don't know him. You know, it's the agony of the father in the parable of the father and his two sons. The father who's waiting, longing for his younger son to come home. And his heart is in torment. His soul is in torment because he wants nothing more than for his son to come home. But he knows all he can do is wait. And that's the, you know, the heart of God. It's God does not want anyone to spend eternity in hell. 
without him. That's not his heart. That's not his desire. But he won't force us. He won't force us to come home. He will invite us. He will find every which way to try and reach us. He longs for us to be in relationship with him, but he won't force us. But that is his heart. His heart breaks for those whose hearts have become hard and who won't come home. Verse 27, um, the rich man says, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Uh, Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Remember, again, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And what has he said a couple of weeks ago when we were back in verse 16? Uh, Jesus says, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. The law and the prophets introduce us to Jesus. The Ten Commandments, everything that we read in the Old Testament, it introduces us to Jesus. If we read the law and the prophets with hearts that are open to God, they will point us towards Jesus as the Saviour, as the Messiah. And, and in this parable, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, he's saying, look, you've, you've had the law and the prophets for hundreds of years And you haven't understood and your hearts have become hard. And now I'm here, the son of God, the Messiah that you've been waiting for, the saviour that you've been longing for for hundreds of years. And you won't, you won't recognize that I'm here. And they say in the story, the rich man says, no, if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. If someone from the dead goes to them, then they'll wake up. And Jesus says, "Uh, well, no, actually, if they won't listen to what they've already got, then their hearts will not be open to see what God is now going to do. They won't be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. And guess what? The Pharisees don't. When Jesus rises from the dead after the resurrection, what's the Pharisees' reaction? It's to round up the disciples as quickly as possible and put them to death. The Apostle Paul, before he came to faith in the Lord Jesus, was zealous in persecuting and trying to extinguish those who thought That Jesus was the Messiah, the saviour of the world. You know, Paul says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was devoted to the law and the prophets. I knew them inside and out, but his heart was hardened. If someone's heart has become hardened to the things of God, then even the most wonderful miracle, you're not going to wake them up. You know, your um, uh, plasterer that you were talking about earlier on, You know, when hearts have become hardened to the Lord, uh, even a miracle in front of their eyes won't wake them up. So what's our, what's our response to all of this? Uh, A number of things. First of all, uh, scripture holds a mirror up to us. And we need to look at ourselves sometimes and be challenged by what we see. In this parable, Jesus is holding a mirror up to the Pharisees. And he's saying, look, do you see yourselves? Will you see yourselves? Will you understand what you're doing and how you're abusing the position that God has given you? Will you will you see yourselves and change? Will you stop rejecting uh, the sinners and the tax collectors that you despise? And will you understand that God loves them and that God wants to welcome them and you're supposed to be the gatekeepers of God's house? Will we allow scripture to challenge us, to change us? Will we understand that in this life we must make a choice about eternity? 
and about whether we want to spend eternity with the God who loves us and who created us or whether we want to live our lives with our back turned to him. And will we understand that that's the choice that all of us have to face? Why am I so, you know, why do I keep banging on about our need to be good news storytellers? Uh, banging on about why do we need to be taking these gospels and praying for someone to give them to? Uh, because we need to be bearers of good news and those who, who, who tell people, look, you have this life to make your choice. What will you choose? Eternity. Eternal life or separation from the God who loves you. And will we pray? Will we pray for those who don't yet know the Lord? Will we earnestly seek God's face for those who are not yet walking with him? It's a very challenging passage. As I say, the Pharisees listened to all of this and their response was to crucify Jesus. Because they simply couldn't bear what he was telling them. And uh, in our culture and in our society, there are many who who simply cannot bear the truth of the gospel. And uh, they may not put us on a cross, but they'll certainly want to shut us down and prevent us having a voice. Uh, but these are the words of the Lord. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are words of truth. We have no choice other than to proclaim them. Uh, no matter what the cost, this is this is good news. It's good news. Uh, it's really good news when someone is honest with you and says, "This is the reality. What are you going to do?" So let's take a moment just to, to reflect for a moment. We're going to come to communion in a moment, and you know when we come to this table, it reminds us.